Between Two Beers allows you to tap into the wisdom of some great humans as they tell their stories. So pour yourself a new potty and make yourself at home with Between Two Beers. Cheers. Michael Jordan was basically walking down the hallway getting held up by two of his, you know, people, and he was done. And that was the game where he hit the winning buzzer shot. So we sort of crossed in the hallway, and it was just sort of one of those, well, if it was now, you'd be snapping away like yeah. social media. New episodes every Sunday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get busy! Oh, Welcome to the Daily Bespoke Podcast for the 27th of February 2024. Big hello to the Spokey Dokies. And uh, i got to say, no Jeremy on the podcast today. So, jury, I don't know if there are any Jeremy fans. Are there any Jeremy fans? Jeremy only fans. Jeremy only fans? I wouldn't think so. That's there, though. There might be fans of the Jeremy only fans. Big, but Jeremy didn't only fans. No, they'd be big fans of that, I'd what say. What would he do on an only fans, Jerry? What would his his catch, his, his thing be, Jeremy? What is he into? He's... He's a pervert across a number of realms, isn't he? Maybe if there's kind of a GoPro in the corner of a room and he's mm. just having a Gary on a situation and there's just mm. like lots of multiple versions of that. Oh. So you can watch Jerry Gary. Didn't someone get fired recently for saying there was a Gary chair in the corner? I was on the conclave the other day. Yes, that was. And there's a story. There's a story floating around where someone's, someone said that there's a kids' TV show that's always got a Gary oh, Bluey. chair. Yeah. So Bluey's got a Bluey? Gary yeah, chair. Yeah, yeah. A Gary chair being a chair in which a non-participant in a lovemaking session will sit and observe the lovemaking session on occasion making love to themselves. Yeah. Mm. And I think Bluey, there was an interview that was done where, or something like that, that the, the writer of the show yeah. had, it was an intentional kind of cuck in the corner chair situation, Gary yeah. in the corner. So yeah, he got let go, I think. He got the cut corner. Which is a shame because Bluey's a great show. There's something in it for all, for the mums and the dads and mainly the kids, but... And yeah. the Gary's as well. There's, a, there's, always a, there's always a real... There's always a lesson, isn't there? There's always always a lesson. Um, I'm going to look... Um, cuck chair... I'm going to just look this up. Cuck chair. Bluey. <laughs> cuck chair in a first come. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> the... <clears throat> is this a fake story? It's on... Yeah, okay. I think this is a fake yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. An animator for Bluey has been fired this week as eagle-eyed parents watching the hit children's TV show noticed an addition to Bandit and Chili's bedroom that was a little suspicious, prompting prompting a massive debate on X, formerly known as Twitter. It is alleged the discussion started when X user Bluey fan seven eight six posted a tweet remarking that they'd never noticed an armchair in the corner of Bandit and Chili's room before, and that it was strange that it directly faced the bed. The tweet is said to have prompted hundreds of responses with some of the more avid fans even supplying timestamps of past episodes showing that the chair had not been there before. Do Bandit and Chili have a cuck chair? Tweeted user Rumple Foreskin. Sorry, his name's Rumple Foreskin. <laughs> is that why their relationship is so good? Queried Bob oh. Leblore. 
Bob Lobelor, 1998. After doing some sleuthing, the advocate has since learned that the animator resemble responsible for the adding their armchair apparently did it as a joke believing that no one would even notice and has since let, been let go by suggesting that the bandit chili are more anything than other than wholesome mm. so okay well there you go chair. so we're still not really sure if that story is true or not no okay no uh, but the vibes there for it yeah you ever seen bluey i've seen bluey yeah yeah it's quite it's not too bad it's one of those ones i think is a Older person, you can still get somehow find a way to get sucked into it every now and then. Do you listen? Do you watch it with your kids? Nah, we've actually got a Bluey board game, and unfortunately, there's a general Bluey knowledge section that I always stuff out in because I uh, don't know anything about Bluey. No, there's heaps of episodes now for Bluey. I think there's actually a Facebook um, group called Adult Bluey Fans with three hundred ninety-three thousand members. Really? Right. Okay. Yeah, they okay. Post some weird shit. The Batuta Advocate and his Australian satirical oh, news website, a yeah. digital oh. media company that published. There was no cack cheering. <laughs> they got us. They got us. There was no cack cheering. <sighs> there was no Gary. All right. Do you want to? No uh, is that a bit of a bombshell? Would you say? On that bombshell, let's take yeah. a break. There's no cack cheering, <laughs> Bluey. Ninety percent of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Would it actually be worth clearing up where you've got that there's a lot of allegations coming in where this sudden penchant you've developed for and on that bombshell break came from have you noticed that on the conclave there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of discussion yeah where that's come from do you want to clear those allegations up well i'm just trying to get people across the air break with that bombshell yeah yeah so you're trying so you're using it as a tease technique which which i respect yeah and on that bombshell we'll take a break yeah, and it works every time. It does because people still, well, people that are still here after the break, it worked on them. But did other, but other shows have used it in the yeah, past. Other shows have used it in the past. There's one quite successful podcast that uses it a lot at the moment. Yes, and yeah. there's also been allegations that maybe Top Gun, Top Gear, sorry, used it. Oh, did they? A little bit. So and on that bombshell, and on that bombshell, which is if Top Gear are using it, then I think we should be using it. I think it's a great I, technique. I um, bought the rest as history book. Yes, and it, and it even uses it in text. And on that bombshell. So, yeah, so we're saying on that bombshell. Is that the book from the rest of history that answers multiple questions about yeah. different things? I saw that in the airport library not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. Library? I am. Um, I, um, I bought it. Is it good or not really? Uh, I don't know if it's that good actually. It's, it's funny that they're a great podcast kind of, a great podcast. Yeah. But I mean, you've just got so many podcasts and, and why would you listen? Why would you read when you listen? Which is a problem for me because, of course, I've got a book coming out yeah. on May 26. Yeah, not everyone can have a great podcast and a great book like you, Matt. A life less obviously. punishing on the 26th. That's exciting. Are we, we've done very little. I, I I think even you mentioning this now, people might be surprised that this is happening. Do people know about this? Well, I've only just finished it. And the cover's just been finished. And the publisher, I'm actually going to see the publisher today and then starting the promotion for it. Right, okay. And then, and then pre-sales will be available. Are you nervous? Uh, wow. About the book. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've spent a whole year writing it. It's been quite a personal experience, I imagine, writing a book. Yeah, so it's 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 the concept of the book is 
you know, that um, everyone makes their life more difficult than it needs to be. And that's right. why it's a term, a life less punishing. So you, people are angrier, bored, more dis- dissatisfied than they need to be. And they, mm. we end up not enjoying out the life that we have. So it just goes through and humiliating. Each chapter is a humiliating story of my life. Yes. Um, like the first chapter is when I got into a fist fight. Um, with the bass player in my band and smashed up Tim Finn's dressing room when we were touring supporting him. Yeah, familiar with that story. And, yeah. um, and that's a chapter on anger. That's like, you know, oh, you're, anger, right. you're dealing with anger. And then it goes into history, philosophy, neuroscience, all that kind of stuff. And uh, and it goes through 14 emotions like that. Oh, mate, this is exciting. So it's called, um, it's called A Life Less Punishing. And then the publishers have added the subtitle, um, 13 Ways to Love the Life You've Been Given. Oh, that's nice. So it's a bit of history. It's a lot of history, philosophy. It's also kind of funny. It's pretty funny in parts. People have said, the proofreader said that they found it very amusing. That's good. Mm. Well, I think I can imagine it would be amusing. If it's anything like the writing that you do elsewhere in your life, I can imagine it being quite entertaining. Yeah, well, the reason why the book came about actually was because I was hired as the happiness editor for The Herald. So I wrote for a long time for The Herald in that space. So a couple of... That's right. A couple of uh, book companies, publishers, came to me and said, would you like to write a book in this space? And I said... Show me the money, honey. Show me the money. <laughs> and then they showed me the money, and I was like, well, that's not a lot you get paid to write a book. <laughs> For the hourly rates, not great on writing a book. No, and especially the type of person you are, right, where you're you're kind of an all-or-nothing dude. I'm sure you don't mind me yeah. saying that. And it's like, you're going you're gonna to throw your whole life into this. Yeah, I did. I did throw a year of my life into this book. Um but I think it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty well. There's a lot of research in it. It's pretty fast paced. You know, 286 pages of information. And, you know, if I'm doing something historical, it's a fu- like there's there's a lot about. For some reason, it's uh, uh, there's a lot of violence in it. I was noticing the publisher said, you know, all your historical examples <laughs> seem to be, you know, like there's, a, there's an example in the humiliation chapter about um, this uh, Spanish army who got drunk and they got confused that the Turkish people, the Turkish army that were fighting was attacking them. Yeah. Um, and and that what really happened is two of their um two of their scouts got drunk on peach snaps that they bought off some other uh, some uh, just some farmers. Mm. And then there's a little bit of a fight between some other scouts that came and found that they were drinking the peach snaps and they were like, Oh, can we have some? And they went, No, and they got a fight. And then the two original scouts came speeding back to the village on their horse, but they were so drunk they were yelling that people thought they were Turkish. And so everyone jumped out of the tent and um, started fighting each other. And before you know it, 10,000 of the troops have been killed by each other um, right. over, over just someone that sounded kind of drunk when they were coming into the village because someone put out the call <laughs> that the Turkish were attacking, but it was just someone coming back to the village going, Oh, those guys! They're trying to steal our snaps. Anyway, so it's just interesting that all the historical examples in there that prove the point are actually quite. Isn't it funny? Like with history, we look towards violence. It's more exciting, isn't it? It's way more exciting. Yeah. You're looking for moments of conflict, aren't you? Otherwise, yeah, you yeah. get pretty bored by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did you did you keep did the editors say, hey, can you get rid of a few of these? Can you add some lovey dovey ones in there? Or did uh, you? No, the editors did some suggestions. When I first wrote the book, the first pass through was like 200,000 words. <laughs> it was huge. And so the Fucking editors were like, maybe you want to just pair it back a little what bit. What did they want to that of 200,000 words? Well, the book for 286 pages is it's about 65, 70,000 words. Now. Oh, so you, tripl- you tripled what you Yeah, I came, in, I came, in, nice I came in with a real t- 
Home. War and peace. I came home with a fucking... All JR Tolkien on there, bitch. So I disappeared for six months, seven months, and just wrote. And then I delivered to them, and I'm like, this is fucking huge. Like, what the fuck are you up to? It's got to be 286... <laughs> 290 pages. Oh, mate, can I get a signed copy of this? Shit, yeah. I want this. Yes. And this, so that's the 26th of March, did you say? It's 26th of May it's coming out. January, February, so, March, so April, keep May. People post, I'll keep Sweet. people posted on when they can pre-order it. You might be able to pre-order it now, but the the, the, the cover hasn't quite been finalised. The cover is um, a picture of Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the hill, but quite enjoying it, because that's kind of the moral of the book. Is like, we've got all this punishing shit we're going to do, but we can actually... Life's actually pretty fucking awesome and fun, and we don't, don't need to be whinging bitches the whole time, you know what I mean? Oh, man, I'm looking forward to reading that. That's, yeah. That sounds good. Do yeah. You, do you think one day it could end up being a movie, like a movie adaptation of it? I have talked to two television companies who really have Fuck. approached me about Over. turning into a TV series. Oh, and, and what kind of genre? I guess, I guess I guess it'll be like 14 episodes of each, you know, where you'd, you'd talk about the, the, the thing and then you'd look at the... I don't know, you do the history, you do the science, you do the... I thing. like it. Because the thing is, I talk to expert, I talk to like 30 experts from all around the world, like high-level neuroscientists and quite famous people as well mm. um, on, on all the subjects in the book. So, so there's, quite, there's quite a lot. It's quite, quite a lot of really good... I was amazed how many people, like these really high-level people I got to talk to. You know, mm. like, you know, you, you read it's sort of a, some neuroscience and you can just talk to, you just jump on a Zoom call and you can fucking interview the fucking dude. Did you have published to sort that out or did you just reach out saying, hey, I'm writing a book? Yeah, I just reached out. I, okay, just, yeah. I just reached out and said, I'm writing a, a book. And they were like, could you please fuck off? Did you eat too much ice cream and burp at any of them? Or <laughs> is that just for certain astrophysicists? It was pretty punishing punishing before the show because uh, often to get the timing right for the other side of the world, I'd be having to do a, like an hour and a half interview at 4am before coming in to do this radio show. That's right. You were running a split oh, split yeah. sleep, weren't you, for a while? Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. I, yeah, I was running a that. split life so I could write the book overnight. So. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, there you go. Oh, so okay. source, source for the Goose. I wanted to call it Source for the Goose. And then the publishers were like, well, what does that mean? I said... Oh, well, sauce for the goose. And I'm like, what does it mean? <laughs> and then they, I said, could it be called a life less punishing with the subtitle? Oh, well, sauce for the goose. And they're like, well, it doesn't add anything to it. So, I like that. So um, I, um, like, there's a few people that are endorsing it. I'd love if one of the people that endorse it just <laughs> like, because, you know, you're on the front page of the book, you have. Um, you know, people's uh, uh, quotes like from the book, New York get, Times. Because yeah. the first, the first thing's being printed, like the first, quite an old version of it's being printed first to send out to people to write um, little, a little line endorsement book on it, and 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 one of the ones they wanted to get was Jeremy Wells because they're mm. like, you know, he's got a high profile, and you know, and um, you know, he's he's written a few of those things for different books. Could you get Jeremy Jeremy to do it? I said I can do it, but I really want his just to say, oh well, source for the case. <laughs> so you have like. <laughs> a list of quite high level people and then Jerry's is just oh well source for the <laughs> someone deciding whether they read the book uh, it's a publisher's nightmare well, I wasn't going to read the book until <laughs> it said oh well source for the goose <laughs> from Jerry yeah. Wells oh yeah. that's good man yeah fucking well, name a life less punishing Matt Heath out 26th of May hey tomorrow on the podcast yeah uh, do you think we should have a look back through the archives of these yes. of the Sting Bank because they've proved to be quite popular yesterday the few that we yeah. played yeah, I mean, our computer is just packed full of fucking punishing stings. If, I, if you go deep enough, you'll find them on this computer. So yeah. maybe tomorrow we go into some of the yeah stings that you gave. You guys gave to callers, I believe. I've managed yeah. to find a few. So. Clear the lines Wednesday when we used to hang up on people. Oh, that's right as well. Yeah. 
That's a good name for a book. I should have called it Clear the Lines. Yeah, the publishers would have been stoked with that one as well. (laughs) Okay. They weren't actually that stoked with a life less punishing because they're like, is punishing a thing a lot of people say? And I said, well, it's the thing I say a lot. That's true, man. It is an issue because Mm. I don't think people do say that. Mm. And it's like when my girlfriend Lauren will say either like wounding or punishing. Yeah. I go, Jesus, like, you know, it it is weird to hear other people say it. It it came from here. I remember at my last workplace, someone started saying punishing and then they directly referenced this radio show. Oh, right. Because it's interesting Mm. because I interviewed the neuroscientist Sam Harris uh, out of Los Angeles, very famous neuroscientist. Yes. And Jeremy's wife, Tulsi, listens to him. And she said in his next part podcast, the whole thing, after being interviewed by me for an hour and a half, his whole podcast was like pretty punishing week, actually. And he, he said punishing about 10 times. So I think once you once someone starts saying punishing, it's, yeah. there's so many yeah. uses for it. Yeah, it catches on. Yeah. Because it's a, yeah. Yeah. No, it's an adjective of, of, yeah, all kinds. Anyway. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll come back to some stings tomorrow. Did we say that Jerry wasn't here? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right yeah, back yeah. at the start. All right, okay. I think people would have probably noticed by now. All right, and on that bombshell, we'll, um, we'll leave. We didn't. Sha-la-la-la. Sha-la-la-la.